Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, we're going to be continuing after a few weeks uh, of not having the the weekly teaching from the Tzaddik and the Gon Rav Yitzchak Maya Morgenstern Shlita, entering the Sea of Wisdom. And we'll get right into the teachings. Again, these weeks are just, it's becoming more and more difficult to choose a particular idea to focus on because what I'm finding is that now that they're publishing the Rebbe's weekly shirim and the dafyomi shirim and the sichos aran shirim all from kind of the same time period the same week what's also coming out is that the shal shudist russia from the last year has something to do with it and all of the ideas are ultimately kind of morphing together to display far more than just vortlach not that these are vortlach but rather it's becoming more difficult to choose one singular idea to convey the point without fully kind of digging down deep into the underlying principles. But again, the Torah is singular and a person has to be capable of understanding the totality of the concepts from within just a part of the concept, as well as a part of the concept from the totality of the concept. So we will start with a slight introduction and with the amuna that by tasting a part of the tzaddik's Torah, a person is ultimately tasting everything that the tzaddik or the tzaddikim are trying to come to tell us. Another element that I've been kind of thinking about, davening with, is something I saw, um, one of the tamidim, in addition to the weekly shirim that are being compiled from Eitz Chaim, there's a section called Pnimim, just different uh, tangential comments, so to speak, that the tzaddik offers in the middle of the shirim. And ultimately, if a tzaddik is coming to teach us anything, is that even tangents are part of the essence, right? That tangentials are simply another way of veering off the well-trodden path of awareness to show us how even the circuitous routes, or like Rabbi Nachman tells us by the by the Sipor of Avedas Basmelech, that the way that the Sheni Lamelech began his epic journey to find that lost princess was the Shvil Menhatzad, that he saw a path leading off from the side, a tangent, if you will. And so very often it's in the tangents of the Tzadikim that we come to understand the deeper teachings. But one of the tangents brought down is the notion that there's a certain element of kafira, there's a certain residual trace of heresy if a person learns the Torah of any tzaddik, or really any Torah that a person is learning, and fails to recognize that the Torah that they're learning in that moment is coming to speak to them in their own most situatedness, wherever a person finds themselves, each person according to their own understanding, each person according to the own universe that they represent, the words that we learn from the tzaddikim, both living and dead, whether it's the Gemara, whether it's Halacha, whatever it is that we're studying, we have to also ask ourselves, what exactly is the Torah speaking towards me exactly at this moment in my life? And at that point, the Torah can actually begin to do its work, use the, the medicine begins to work when a person allows it in properly. So what we are going to look at today is from Achaya Maharan Shir. It was actually given over in Tafshin Ayin Beis. So it was given over about 10 years ago, but they decided to print it this week, which means that it has shaykhs to us this week as well. And <coughs> it's a comment that Rabbi Nachman made after finishing the 60th teaching in the first volume of Lakuta Maharan, 
which is the teaching of Chadi Rabbi Shimon, the, the Torah of Rabbi Shimon by Yochai, where, as it's known, Rabbi Nachman conveys the introduction to the Sipurim Maisios Meshanim Kanmonios. It's the introduction towards those ancient tales or tales of ancient days that Rabbi Nachman would start telling over towards the end of his life as he transitioned away from the Torah that attempted to speak to the mind and transitioned into the stories that attempted to speak to the heart. Now, part of what that teaching teaches us, that 60th teaching in the Kutamaran, is that there's a certain slumber that an individual can fall into. And there's a slumber where a person might fall away from one face of the Torah. Okay, so I fall away from one aspect of the Torah, but there are many, many more paths of Torah in front of me, which have the capacity of waking me up out of my slumber. And again, slumber is representative of a, a spiritual malaise, a spiritual exhaustion, a chalisha sadas, a weakness of the mind, an inability to persevere, an inability to make achlatos and healthy decisions in one's life, a certain stagnation, if you will, uh, uh, being stuck in a space of secondary understanding, dreamlike states where we're no longer clear what's right or wrong or up or down, a state of terdema, a state of translation where things are no longer clear. So we might fall away, we might fall asleep from one face of the Torah, but nevertheless, what remains open in front of us is all of the other paths of the Torah. But then there comes a time in a person's life, in the life of the historic people, in the life of an individual, where we no longer are just falling asleep from one particular face of the Torah, but we fall asleep from all 70 faces of the Torah. We fall away from all 70 pathways, all of the shivim panim of the Torah. And at that point, we're in a state of unconsciousness, which is very difficult to awaken a person from. At that point, that spiritual stuckness is no longer a matter of choice, but almost a, a, a state of being. And so Rabbi Nachman talks about where does the power come from in order to awaken an individual from that place? What happens when a person falls into such a sunken place like that, that they can't wake themselves up? And the answer is when the tzaddik, when Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, when Moshe Rabbeinu, when the Ariza, when the Baal Shem Tov, when Rabbi Nachman, when the tzaddikim draw down stories from ancient days, of a time beyond time, a space of imagination that exists beyond the confines of the rational framework in which we live our day-to-day -day historical lives, a person has the capacity of waking themselves up, of awakening their heart at the, at the heart of sleep, to awaken the heart, to uncover that space of ani yashena air. I am asleep, I am in slumber, but my heart is awake. And so commenting on this teaching, Rabbi Nachman said that there are three things that I say differently than the world. And most famously, the first thing was that Rabbi Nachman says, the rest of the world tells stories to put children to sleep, but I tell stories to awaken the individual. And so that's what we're going to look at right now. We're going to look at, based on the Rebbe's teachings on this statement from Rabbi Nachman, what does it mean that when he tells stories, it's to wake a person up as opposed to the rest of the world, the mashmos is even other tzaddikim, who when they tell stories, it's putting a person to sleep. And so what the Rebbe is going to introduce us to is a notion that becomes very, very clear in, in many of the, the Rebbe's writings, which is that in the beginning, when a person wants to open themselves up upon the path of Avodah Hashem, what we're overwhelmed by is our awareness and experience and stuckness within this worldly reality. 
One of the most difficult preventions that faces a person when it comes to serving God or when it comes to awakening oneself to ahava, to love of God or to the fear of God or to desire for unity and dveikus is the mere fact that the world is an incredibly difficult place, that there's suffering, there's difficulties, there's attachments, there's connections, there's anxiety producing relationships that an individual has. And so what the Rebbe very often points out is that first and foremost, a person needs to close their eyes to this world. Stimu de'enen mechezia as the Zohar HaKadosh says. A person has to learn to see through their eyes being shut. That it's only when I shut my eyes to the experience of this world that my inner eye opens up and I'm capable of perceiving a world that exists beyond this world. This act of shutting the eye, of attempting to remove ourselves, to transcend ourselves from the stuckness of this world and to ascend to a world beyond confusion and difficulty is associated with the shame membeis, that 42-letter name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as expressed in the Anabekoach Tfila, very much associated with Kabbalah Shabbos, as the Rebbe pointed out in this week's Shalashudist Russia, because the entire confess and edifice of the entire concept and edifice of Kabbalah Satorah is an attempt to leave the weekday week and to ascend into a world of Shabbos. Anytime a person wants to ascend away from this world, it's going to be expressed through the Shem Membez, through that 42-letter name of Hashem, which corresponds to the 42 journeys that the Jewish people had to go through through their sojournment in the desert. It's representative of a chuka, of a yearning to extricate myself and untether myself from the stuckness and the confines of human experience that I find myself in. So very often, when a person begins the service of Avodah Hashem, the assumption is I have to escape, I have to transcend, I have to tap into that 42-letter name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that desire to break free from the confines, to break free to the other side, and to find myself in merchavim, merchavim, and expanses. But the Rebbe is going to tell us that that's not always true. And here we're going to come upon a second introduction, which some of us might be familiar with already from the Rebbe's teachings, which is that the Arizal describes, based on the Zohar HaKadosh, five integrated worlds. Those five integrated worlds correspond to the five integrated parts of the Neshama, which correspond to the five integrated parts of the four-letter name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with the point of the Yud representing that fifth part. It corresponds to the five elements of the body itself. It represents those five parts, Sufim, et cetera, et cetera. These five worlds can really be broken up into three categories. There's the world of Adam Kadmon, which is the highest and loftiest of all worlds, which is somewhat separate from the other four worlds. Then there's going to be the world of Atsilas, which is still part of the category of the lower four worlds, but it's the highest and separate in its unity than the lower three worlds. And then you're going to have Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya, which are seen lumped together as the sum expression of the worlds of separation. So we basically have five worlds, which can be broken up into three categories. The world of Adam Kadmon, the world of Atsilas, and then the three worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. What we've spoken about before, which is very present in most of the Rebbe's writings, is that the world of Atsilas represents a unity where HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence is so profoundly present to the point that there's no distinction and no distortion, but it's a unity that is static. It's not a dynamic unity. It's not a unity that has room for differentiation or darkness. It's a light that dispels all darkness. It's a light that has no room for disunity in it. The worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya are worlds of separation. 
So the worlds of Atsilas and the worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya are opposite to one another. Atsilas represents pure unity. Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya represent distortion and concealment. The unity of the world of Atsilas is a unity of transcendence. It's a unity of running away from the lower worlds of distortion and anxiety. And it's running to that womb, that place where everything is profoundly calm and it's a chachma and it's a bitl, it's pure self nullification. There's no egoisms, there's no movement of the self. And that world cannot tolerate the worlds of separation. But the Chiddush is that there's a world even higher than the world of Atsilas. There's the world of Adam Kadmon. And Adam Kadmon is also a unified world. Adam Kadmon is also a place where the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's infinitude is annihilating in its nature, where everything is revealed to be Enoid Mulvado. But the delicate unity of the world of Adam Kadmon, representative of the level of Keser in relationship to the world of Atsilas, which would be the level of Chachma, in the world of Adam Kadmon, it's a unity that is so great that it can tolerate the distortion of the worlds of Briyitzir and Asiya, because it's a unity so profound that sees unity even within disunity. So while the world of Atsilas or the world of Chachma sees unity but cannot tolerate disunity, the world of Adam Kadmon sees a unity so deep that the disunity of the worlds of separation are part and parcel of that unity. And not only that, but the disunity of the worlds of Bri, Yitzir, and Asiya, the movement, the gnarliness, the, the distortion, the difficulty, not only is it not a contradiction to the unity of Adam Kadmon, but it is the engine that drives the perpetual renewal of that unity so that the unity of the world of Atsilas of Chachma is a static unity. It has no change, no motion, but the unity of Adam Kadmon, of that place of Keser, because it can contain within itself the possibility of disunity of the worlds of Bria, Nitzir, and Atsia, it contains within itself this perpetual movement of becoming more and more unified every time we come in contact or confrontation with distortion. It's another opportunity to reveal that depth of unity, so it's no longer a static unity, but rather it's it's a dynamic unity. It's a unity that grows. And so what the Rebbe is going to point out is that those individuals, those tzaddikim who only live in the world of Atsilas, who only live in that world of pure unity, they have to close their eyes to the worlds of disunity. They have to close their eyes. They have to go to sleep in a space of separation because that separation is in contradistinction to the unity that they live in. But somebody who is operating on the level of Adam Kadmon, a tzaddik who is speaking from that place of unity that contains disunity within itself as well, we no longer have to go to sleep. We're capable of opening our eyes and living within the distortion itself because it's specifically within the distortion that we're capable of revealing the depths of the unity that reveals that even darkness is light, that even yesh is part of ayin. And not only that, but they become vessels each and every moment to perpetually renew that unimaginable, impossible, profoundly wondrous unity that takes disunity and uses it to progress its unity. And so the Rebbe is going to show here that Rabbi Nachman and the Tzadikim Ha'amitim, the Yechide Hadoros, those Tzadikim were operating at the level of Adam Kadmon which no longer needed to close their eyes to disunity and separation, but rather utilize disunity and separation as the engine that perpetuates the perpetual expression of an unfolding unity that becomes more and more perfect every time it comes in contact with something that appears to be the opposite of perfection. 
And the Rebbe is going to say as follows. There are tzaddikim who operate at the level of Adam Kadmon. And there are those certain tzaddikim who understand the secret of Adam Kadmon, understand the secret that Ruchnias and Elokus is found everywhere, up, down, right, left, in the middle, darkness, light, it's all the same, both bespeak the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They understand that it's a world of godliness. They no longer need to erase the reality of this world. They don't need to close their eyes to the vision of this world as if to run up into that safe transcendence of the world of Atsilus. But rather they have the capacity of revealing the depths of godliness on the level of Adam Kadmon within the images of this world. And this is the remarkable expression of the Torah that comes about by way of Sipuri Maisios, which are no longer talking about Torah, but rather talking about matters of this world. When a person reads Sipore Maisios, Meshanim Kanmonios, Rabbi Nachman's stories, it's a pure confrontation with a world that at first glance appears to be devoid of Elokus, a world of loss and darkness and disintegration and mistranslation and all of the difficult things that go bump in the night. But the Chiddush of Adam Kadmon is, is specifically there that the Torah can be revealed. And this was the intention of Rabbi Nachman that Misha Nimsa Adayin Ba'olamos Debriya Yitzira Ba'asi if a person lives only in a world of separation without any awareness of the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that exists within the separation, then if we spend time in the worlds of separation, we will fall into unconsciousness and we will fall into slumber. If I don't understand the Darga of Adam Kadmon, if I don't understand that Choshech and Or are both expressive of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light, then when I find myself in the worlds of Choshech, then I'm going to fall away from godliness. That's the aspect of slumber and unconsciousness. Because if I need to live with the awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu on the level of Atzilus, I need to talk in the language of Torah. And when I'm not talking in the language of Torah, that I'm falling away from my neshama and from experience. But when a person uncovers the Sipurimaisios, those tzaddikim who have the capacity of having gone already up to the world of Atsilus and are now operating at the Darga of Adam Kadmon, which sees darkness and light as being expressive of one another. Those tzaddikim are no longer afraid of descending into this world. Those tzaddikim are no longer afraid of looking at what it means to be human, at looking at the vicissitudes of human life and uncovering the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that exists there in that ever-present perpetual motion of mati v'loi mati. And on that level, for that tzaddik who understands the light of godliness that exists down here, throughout all of the distortions and all of the difficulties and the personal narratives that we all go through, at that point, the person has the ability to reveal the light of Elokus from the highest place, from the Darga of Keser, 
On these levels of Sipuremaisios, we have the ability to wake us up from slumber. To wake us up from the concealment of being stuck down here in these worlds of separation and to help us be aware that we're operating in the same playing field where the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is revealed on the deepest level. The Sipure Maisios, Meshanim Kanmonios on the level of Keser, are not only the stories that the Tzaddikim tell us, they're also our own stories. The Rebbe writes explicitly that every person's life is a Sipure, is a Sipure Maisa. Every person's entire life is a secret of Sipore Maisios Meshanim Kanmonios. And we can look at these different stories of our lives in one of two ways. If we're looking at it from a perspective of separation, of Bria Yitzira and Asiya, so then everything I experience in this world is going to be scary and frightening and disjointed, and it's going to be unrooted in any unifying thread. But if I operate on the level of listening to the tzaddikim from the world of Kesser, from the world of Adam Kadmon, not only is the separation of my life included within the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but it reveals a deeper unity. Because now it's not enough that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is found above. Now what I have revealed is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is found below as well. And every moment of distortion, every moment of concealment in this world is no longer a frustrating prevention in the face of spiritual work, but rather it's the very site where we're meant to cultivate spiritual work by transforming the worlds of separation into the worlds of unity, Be'ezrus Hashem.